So again, I'll say a few comments about this practice that we've been learning. Then we'll do about a 30-minute practice tonight. We'll have time for check-in. It'd be nice to hear uh, from people both in terms of your sitting practice, but also for those of you who have exper- experimented with walking practice, which was um, some of the instructions that were offered last week. So if you didn't get those instructions, you can see me. I have some of them here, or maybe they're in my office, but if you didn't get the handout from last week. And there is a handout out here tonight for week four. (coughs) One of the things you might start recognizing both in just daily life and then also in formal sitting, you might notice periods of times where there feels like there's a continuity So there's that simple, balanced presence. The mind is relaxed, the mind's alert, and there's some continuity to it. So it isn't just a brief moment of that balance, but it is sustained for a period of time. And it's really important to notice how quickly, how fast things change when there's a continuity of mindfulness. It's as if the power of the practice develops exponentially in those moments. And I'm talking even in a few seconds of the mind being balanced, open, clearly aware of what's coming and going. And I say this mostly as a way of inspiring us not to be content with a moment of balanced, mindful presence and then back into distraction and then a moment of balance, mindful presence, and then lost in distraction. But when we notice that simple, clear, balanced attention, uh, this intention, this aspiration to sustain it. Now, sometimes we get greedy, like we really want to sustain it, and that's exactly what causes us to get distracted, trying too hard. Like thinking about sustaining our, our mindfulness is a, a dis- distraction. Oh, I really want to sustain this mindfulness. It's not being mindful. That's a thought. And it's being lost in thought, even. So just to see what sustains that. And a lot of what sustains mindful presence is recognizing that the mind is balanced, recognizing that it's wholesome, and just trusting it. You don't. We don't actually have to work hard to sustain mindfulness. The work actually is more about not forgetting. You know, we're not forgetting this, like not forgetting how beautiful it is to be present, to be alert, to be relaxed. In other words, what supports the continuity of mindfulness is recognizing or being mindful that the mind is mindful. Sounds a little funny to say it that way, but it's really true. When we're aware that the mind is mindful, it's balanced, it's clear, it's relaxed, we're recognizing that it's wholesome, that it's skillful to be relating in this way, and that's what sustains it. In the same way, when an unskillful mind state arises, like anger or irritation or loss or distraction, What supports the falling away of the unskillful mind state is recognizing that it's unskillful. When we really, it's not enough just to know that we're angry, 
the mind is um, bored or the mind is caught in craving, that if we see in that moment with that balanced attention, clear, relaxed, and we see how the craving itself is unpleasant and unskillful, that's the cause for it being abandoned, being dropped. We don't have to go get rid of the negative mind state. We simply have to understand or see it as it actually is. So this is an important point. I'll, I'll say it just another way. And then during the sit tonight, really see if this is true for you. When you bring mindfulness or that balanced attention to a wholesome state of mind, notice how it tends to sustain it, develop it and sustain it. And this is true with all wholesome states like kindness, patience, joy or appreciation, clarity, fearlessness. You notice any of those wholesome states with mindfulness, and I bet you're going to see that that wholesome quality of the mind, that wholesome state of mind, actually is strengthened and sustained through it being recognized. And it's just the opposite with unwholesome states. When you bring that balanced, clear, relaxed attention to unwholesome states of mind, and one list that's in the handout tonight that's worth memorizing. You know, there's different ways the Buddha organizes these things. Like, if you want to talk about unwholesomeness with one, you call it ignorance. You know, ignorance means not seeing things as they are. If you want to divide it into three, you know, the three ways ignorance arises is through being caught in greediness or craving, caught in aversion, all the different forms of anger and fear and hatred, subtle or gross, or being caught in delusion, which just means being disconnected, in denial, distracted. So these are the three ways. And then there's a, another list that's good to memorize, which is in five ways. You know, Negative states of mind divided five ways. So craving, still there. Aversion is still there. Delusion is actually changed to three. So there's three ways that delusion manifests. Doubt, restlessness, and sleepiness or dullness. These are three ways we disconnect, right? which is another word for delusion. We disconnect when we get... Now, some doubt is wholesome, you know, where we're, we're looking more deeply. We know we don't, we don't know. That's like a wholesome doubt. But a lot of doubt is just endless spinning. And that's a way of disconnecting. Like we're thinking about being in doubt as opposed to actually opening to what's going on in the moment. That doubt's not helpful. It's a way of disconnecting, being disconnected. Being sleepy or dull is a way of disconnecting from things as they are. Being caught up in restlessness of various kinds. Worry is a, is a form of restlessness. It's another way of disconnecting. So this, these are called the five hindrances. And it's a nice list because when you're... Um, when you're not finding it easy to connect with the present moment and sustain attention, then just ask yourself, what? I mean, literally, you can say that word in your mind, of course, silently, if you're with a group. You know, what? And the question is really asking, what is it that's here that's causing or supporting the experience of being disconnected or not mindful? And then you can just have that list of five in mind. Well... Is there greediness in the mind, craving, wanting things to be other than they are? Is there aversion, wanting to get rid of things, control things, fix things? 
judge things? Is there doubt? That sort of spinning proliferation, what should I do? Should I bring my attention here or bring my attention here? Is that person a better sitter than me? Oh, that's doubt. Is it dullness? Is it restlessness? Dullness and restlessness are a pair, right? Too little energy, too much energy. And this is a real uh, effective way then to bring mindfulness to what's actually happening. Because when the mind is distracted, it just means that something's happening that the mind's not seeing. And then if you remember the list of the five hindrances, it might help you illuminate what it is that's there. And then all of a sudden, you're mindful again. You're mindful of the greediness, of the aversion, of the doubt, of the restlessness, of the dullness. That's not the same as being dull. Knowing that dullness is like this isn't dullness. Is the mind that knows dullness dull? Or is the mind that knows anger angry? The mind that knows craving, is that greedy? And you can look. And you can, you'll discover that there's a way to be mindful of these five hindrances or any afflictive emotional mind state. There's a way to be mindful of it, clear, alert, relaxed, where the awareness, the knowing of it, doesn't have the negative, afflictive qualities of the object that's being known, of the mind state that's being known. And this is essential to notice. There's a lot of freedom in noticing that when you're aware that there is anger, when you're aware that there's lust, that there's a difference between the lust the mind is knowing and the quality of the mind knowing the lust. Does that make sense? And notice the difference. When we take refuge in that mindful awareness, that balanced, clear, relaxed awareness, that's how that taking refuge in the mindfulness allows the afflictive state to run out of steam. It will pass away. If there's an afflictive mind state that's not passing away, it's because the mind isn't mindful of it. It's caught in it. And in being identified with it, it's reinforcing it. You may not know you're reinforcing it. You may not understand how it is the mind is supporting and reinforcing that negative or afflictive state of mind. But it is. Because otherwise it will pass away. And you'll get this sometimes when you're really caught and then in the next moment the mind is balanced and clear and that afflictive state goes away very quickly. It's like a bubble popping. It's just gone. A second ago, there was very real anger or any one of these afflictive states. And now it's gone. So these are some thoughts. This fourth week we often focus on obstacles to practice. What gets in the way of the continuity of mindful presence. What gets in the way? And you can just hold that question. And remember, even though mostly we work with a particular anchor, some of you are working with your breath, either the feeling of movement in the abdominal wall, some of you are working with your breath at the nostrils, feeling that touching as the air goes in, touching as the air goes out. Some of you are working with sound, I'm assuming, as your main anchor. And some of you are using the sensations of sitting upright and just generally whatever's predominant 
in the realm of physical sensations, the experience of sitting. So it's useful to have a particular anchor because then that's the place where we practice that balance between alertness and relaxation. We develop, strengthen that balance. We call it samadhi and the continuity of that balance. But it's totally appropriate when there's a strong distraction. Don't use um, a lot of willful effort to stay with your anchor. You can have the intention to be with your anchor, but when it starts to create tension in the mind, then let the attention go to what's predominant. Oh, in a sense, this is what's asking for attention now. The mind is proliferating. It's thinking about something. Oh, thinking. It's just thinking, being known. And remember, you can label that if it helps. You don't have to. Some people find it useful in that moment to just label what it is that's predominant or what it is the mind is attending to. Oh, it's just thinking. Thinking is being known. It's just thinking. And then if the mind is no longer stable, like clear and relaxed with that experience of thinking, it's caught and wants to keep thinking, then probably one of the hindrances is there. So is there craving behind the thinking? Is there aversion behind the thinking? Is there doubt behind the thinking? If there is, then just note that, oh, this is doubt. Doubt is being known. Oh, can this be okay? Or anger is being known. Can this be okay? So always taking refuge in that balanced, mindful presence, alert and relaxed. It doesn't matter what's being known. You may think, well, I only want to know peaceful states of mind. I only want to know the sensations of the breath. I only want to know steadiness and uh, stability of the body and mind, that stillness of the body and mind. But remember, we're not here to have a pleasant experience. We're here to have insight into the nature of the mind. It's like we were given this birth, we have a body and a mind, but they forgot to give us the instruction manual. <laughs> so we've got to learn it on our own. And the only way we're going to learn how to be skillful with a body and mind is to pay very close attention, careful attention to the unfolding process of body and mind. And that's really what mindfulness is. We're not thinking about the body and mind. We're paying close, intimate attention to the actual dynamic of body and mind. Any questions before we stretch out and do our practice? Questions about the instructions? Good. So do what you have to. That would be good for your body, so you'll be comfortable sitting for about 30 minutes. posture. You can tune into the stability of the base, the knees, perhaps touching the pelvis, sits bones, making contact, or if you're on a chair, 
feet flat on the floor. Have a sense of the spine, one vertebra on top of the other, the head resting on the top of the spine, nose in line with the belly button, ears over the shoulders. And let's take a couple of deep, full breaths. Take as much time as you can to slowly fill and empty the lungs. one more time. We're learning to slow down. Learning to be present here and now. And we'll begin by simply receiving the sounds. I'll ring the bell three times. Three times. taking a minute or so, and allow the mind to open to the experience of hearing. See if it's the most relevant, important experience now. Resting in the experience of hearing. And noticing as much as you can this effortlessness of hearing. It just happens. Realizing that the work It's more about not forgetting that hearing is happening. In other words, not being distracted. Noticing periods of this continuity of mindful presence, unbroken. Noticing what gets in the way and noticing how to reestablish 
this mindful presence with hearing. Now with the body, allow the awareness to know the experience of sitting here and now. Sitting is like this. Begin with a very inclusive awareness of the body. All the different sensations are allowed to be known. Nothing has to be left out, pushed away. It's very simple and clear. Sitting is like this now. Sensations are being known. And if you work with the breath as your primary anchor, just feel the breath now moving in the body. It's not even that the attention has to go to the breath. Instead, we're noticing the sensations of breathing arising here in the mind, in the space of the mind. We feel that touching as the breath comes in through the nostrils, or feel the movement of the abdominal wall, with this intention to sustain mindful awareness with the anchor. And to know what gets in the way of that continuity of attention and to notice that, open to that distraction or that obstacle. Not because it's a problem, but because it's just another thing to be known. Oh, this is happening. This is also being known. It's like this.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.